was talking to one of my attendings about what I should go into. I remember the conversation clear as day. It was really the first time that someone had reflected back to me that capability to go into education. Um, you know, some people get riled up about chest pain scores. Um, I get riled up about bad lectures. Welcome back to the EM Stud Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Scott Wieders, your EMED coach, coming to you live. Today, we're going to continue our series on what I want to do when I grow up. You see, there's so much more to emergency medicine than shifts, and we really want to highlight and show you the diversity of our specialty and some amazing things that people are doing. So today on the show, we've got a special guest, Jeff Riddell. Jeff, welcome to the EM Stud Podcast. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. We're recording here live in the EM Stud studios. We've kind of moved up a little bit. You know, I was in my office recording there, but the, the autograph seekers, man, they just kept coming by, knocking on my door, <laughs> so we kind of had to upgrade. I mean, legitimately, they wanted to get their mentor to approve their fourth-year schedule, but I still call them autograph seekers. So we, we've upgraded now, and I've been moved into my closet here at oh, home. Oh, that's some good so. digs, man. I'm, uh, I'm in my attic. Uh, That's fantastic. My All son right. sleeping on the guest bed next to me. So we're, we're, we're high class, bro. I love it. Two peas in a pod. All right, man. So catch me up in your world. What's going on, Jeff? Uh, life is good. I uh, just bought my tickets to Cord to the Outstanding Conference of Educators that I love. Um, and had a great case the other night. I was working ooh, a clinical ooh, yeah. shift. Tell us. What is um, it? And I saw a gentleman with like a, a woody, hard leg that just looked like a horrible infection and i dug through his chart and he was speaking in spanish and he told me he had this thing called morphia profunda and i had no idea what that was in spanish or in english uh <laughs> so like i saw his old op notes and it's like oh yeah consistent with morphia profunda and i asked around and nobody knew what it was so i looked it up uh, that was my first time seeing morphia profunda so you learn something new every day wow man i am both uh yeah, bilingually ignorant on that subject as well. I have to read up on this. That's cool. <laughs> it's basically like a localized scleroderma. Uh, it's kind of a, in the profunda part means it's like deeper. So he had some like weird abscesses and really hard skin uh, that probably was not infectious, but uh, possibly autoimmune. Weird. That's cool. I wouldn't recognize it if I had it. We had some crazy night here. We've got six chickens here at the uh, the Weeders house as pets, and they make eggs. The kids love to go out and get the eggs. But we had a chicken murder last night. Oh, man. What? Yes. I mean, something. Homicide? I, no. Well, we're not sure. We're, we're investigating. I don't want to bear judgment for now. But something crawled into our chicken coop last night and took out one of our chickens. Yeah. Oh, no so way. It's a time of mourning for the kids. But, um, yeah, so we're still investigating the crime scene. I uh, hope they'll have more answers next month on the uh, the podcast. We'll see what happens. It's a mystery. Yeah. So, man, Jeff, tell us more about yourself. Give us some background. Who are you? What are you doing? Uh, yeah. So I'm currently a, uh, a second-year medical education research fellow at the University of Washington. Um, and I got there via an undergraduate degree in speech communication from Whitworth University in beautiful Spokane, Washington. I uh, went to med school back down in Los Angeles where I grew up at USC. Uh, and then went to residency at UCSF Fresno uh, and then came up here to Seattle uh, for my uh, medical education research fellowship. And uh, I'll be heading back to USC uh, when I'm done to uh, start some faculty stuff. 
So, Jeff, you're a MedEd fellow. I mean, but give us a backstory. What really motivated you? Who motivated you? Was there a case or an experience that really kind of caused you to think, you know what I'm going to do when I grow up? I'm going to be a medical educator. Yeah. I don't know who thinks that. But uh, so I, it, it goes back to residency. And um, I hadn't really thought about what my future or my career would be. Uh, I was in a four-year program. And somewhere kind of toward the end of my second year or early third year, I was burnt out from, you know, uh, residents getting burnt out. And I was talking to one of my attendings about what I should go into. I remember the conversation clear as day. It was uh, Januk Acharya. And uh, I said, you know, I'm thinking about going into education, Dr. Acharya. And he looked at me like like I was an idiot. And he goes, of course. And, and I was like, what? And it was really the first time that someone had reflected back to me that um, I had the passion and the skill and the interest and the capability to go into education. And so then like in reflecting on it, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, he's he's kind of right. Like, you know, my mom was a teacher. My dad was a coach. Um, and now he's a consultant. Um, like, this is in my heritage. And then the things that I got riled up about and the things I talked about and the things I spent my time um, caring about were all education-related, conference and curriculum and learning environment and things like that. And so I was like, well, if the things that rile me up are education-related, I should probably go into education. Um, you know, some people get riled up about chest pain scores or... Um, you know, trauma resuscitations. Um, I get riled up about bad lectures. Um, and I think it dates back to being a communication major and then kind of all that family influence um, through my first however many years of life kind of brought me to education. And then when I, yeah, when that conversation with Dr. Acharya kind of turned the light on, I was like, oh yeah, duh. And then from there, it was kind of full speed ahead. Man, and you've been full speed ahead. I mean, you're, you're already a prolific researcher. You've been published in a number of journals. Um, you know, Jeff, I'll be honest. I hate research. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I love to ask <laughs> okay. questions. I love to talk about this stuff with you. Um, but the task of doing research, I mean, makes me want to go get a colonoscopy as a bad excuse to avoid an IRB meeting. So, um, <laughs> what really, what, re, what research made you do research? I mean, was there a paper you read? Uh, wh where did it come from? Yeah, uh, I definitely don't do colonoscopy research. So that would be like a double whammy for you. Um, no, so at first I uh, I jumped into research because I felt like I should. And it was one of those like, well, if I'm going to dabble in academics, I should probably do research. Um, and that led me to a couple inspiring mentors um, who I did two different research projects with who were just the most wonderful, encouraging, interesting, thoughtful folks that really helped to kindle in me that um, inquisitive nature and also to empower me to say, you know what, you're asking these questions and let's go answer them. Like, let's do the studies that answer the questions that you had. And so after doing a couple studies and then having some success and actually getting them published, it was really satisfying. And I thought that this is awesome. And what it, it gave me was autonomy to pursue my interests outside of kind of what anybody else was making me do. Um, it gave me expertise in the things that I was studying. I mean, I knew more about the stuff I was studying than anybody around. And that's really cool to um, be able to have that depth of knowledge. But also it's this general career satisfaction that I get of the idea of moving the field forward, that we're building um, knowledge, that we're answering questions that will make uh, not only our specialty better, but make medical education better. And hopefully that that um, uh, leads to better edu education, which, you know, hopefully makes better doctors. Um, so it kind of goes back to that initial question, um, you know, how does this work or which way is better? Um, and then seeing that through to the end of moving our field forward. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what type of papers are you reading? Have you been reading? Kind of where's your niche going with this? Well, I, I generally study 
I guess you'd say technology enhanced medical education or kind of digital media in um, medical education. But I just read a paper last night and discussed it today that blew my mind. It was from medical education in 2015 from a group up in Vancouver. And it's a qualitative grounded theory paper, which like would put half the people to sleep. But they just did such a good job of interviewing residents and talking with them about how they make decisions about what feedback they're going to listen to. Right. So it's a fascinating idea that this what they call the educational alliance, which is similar to the therapeutic alliance and therapy, i.e. this this relationship with you that you have with your supervisor actually affects how you're going to um, take their feedback much, much, much more than the actual way that the feedback is delivered. So if I'm working a shift with you and I think you care about me and you're authentic and I think you want me there and um, you trust me and I trust you and we have this educational alliance, I'm going to. Um, heed your feedback way more than if I work a shift with someone who doesn't really care if I'm there or not. It's really cool. And I think it helps us to move the idea of feedback forward to thinking about kind of some of those emotional uh, or relational levels. And that's a great example of really good medical education research that it's not like a typical quantitative randomized study uh, that answers, you know, what medication dose is proper, but through really good qualitative methods really advances how we give and receive feedback. That's really a, a deep concept, man. I love it. And I guess next time when you and I are walking down the streets or maybe at a restaurant and people ask how we know each other, I'm going to tell them we have an educational alliance. <laughs> it sounds like, like a soccer team or like a political resistance or something. <laughs> but yeah. I love it. I love it. So man, what, what projects are you working on right now? Do you have any ongoing research that you're studying? Any clinical questions that you're, you're really searching and asking the answers for? Yeah, so I do a bunch of stuff. Um, kind of the biggest things uh, are around podcasting in emergency medicine education. Um, how meta is that? How ironic. Uh, <laughs> looking at um, the way that residents make decisions about listening to podcasts and why and how and kind of trying to develop some theories so that we can understand and then eventually optimize those podcasts to get the most out of them. Um, also studying Twitter um, and the kind of the conversation going on amongst emergency physicians on Twitter, as well as studying um, Gammer, social media network uh, for like writing reflections about emergency medicine clerkship. Actually, it's really interesting. So I, I kind of try to look at what technology we're using and then really apply a scholarly and theoretical lens to it and say, is this being used in the best way? How can we use it better? Is this helpful? You know, kind of try to give educators and academics the language and tools to um, uh, best use the technology that we're uh, encountering. Yeah, and that, that really is the future of medical education. I mean, I think you're asking some great questions. You're into some amazing topics, and that's really the next generation of medical educators are going to have to really find some answers for these important concepts that you're looking into. So that's cool. I'm excited to see the results. Thanks, man. So Jeff, let's uh, let's jump into maybe your job as a, a med ed fellow. I know a lot of students might be thinking or residents may be listening about maybe they're considering this role. So tell us really, what do you do? What's a 10,000 foot view of a med ed fellow? So there's kind of two big types of med ed fellowships. Uh, there's kind of the two-year research heavy ones and then the one-year ones. And I'm in a two-year research heavy one. So I actually spend a lot of time reading and thinking and writing and um, doing research. But the other you know, part of time outside of research is really learning how to be a teacher. It's learning med ed theory. It's learning how to evaluate, how to think about feedback, all these types of things that I didn't even know was like a thing when I was a resident and a med student. And I realized how important it is to the educational enterprise. Um, so outside of that, I um, try to collaborate with people that are at the cutting edge of education. So the, you know, the essentials folks, the MRAP folks, the alien folks, um, the CDEM folks, for example, the teaching institute, all these guys that are doing really cool and interesting things. Um, 
I try to hang out with them and innovate with them so that I can study them and figure out what they're doing and why and um, how it works and kind of move the field forward in that way. I also kind of spend some time traveling, speaking, lecturing, um, uh, giving grand rounds, teaching the residents, that kind of stuff. Okay, so yeah, and I'll send a quick plug. If you're at a conference and you see Jeff Riddell's name on the list, go to that room. I mean, Jeff is one of the upcoming speakers. This guy's got it. And so uh, just a quick plug that if you do uh, see Jeff out there, I'll compliment him. He really has a gift for communicating some complex subjects in a very entertaining and um, efficient way. So well done, sir. Man, so Jeff, you're going to go down to USC and you're going to be attending at one of the, I think, preeminent like programs in the world. And that's that's really an amazing testament to the work you've done and the caliber of uh, educator you are. But uh, what are some of your other friends and colleagues who are recent grads that might pursue different jobs through the med-ed industry? What, what, what opportunities are out there for them? Yeah, so there's a bunch of different ways to go uh, in medical education. And, and uh, the most apparent at the med school, uh, med student or resident phase is kind of the APD, clerkship director, program director track. And so um, a lot of colleagues in med-ed are going into that um, to help administer programs, and there's a super need there. But, you know, if you think of medical education broadly, a lot of my friends who work in the community are educating PAs. They're giving grand rounds at their local hospital. They're, um, you know, teaching wilderness medicine or they're teaching EMS uh, on the side. When you get to those that are like specifically fellowship trained in emergency medicine, then it comes down to a couple different tracks. There's the kind of administrative program director role. There's kind of a research role. Um, there's people like you who are in the dean's office, the guys that, you know, UC Irvine has two of their deans from emergency medicine. Um, so working with med students in that sense. Um, and then there's also people that are doing the cutting edge stuff. There's the, you know, the Mel Herberts and the MRAP team, and there's the academic life team that are um, hardcore med ed nerds, but they're kind of trying to push the envelope and trying to flip education upside down on its head. And, um, so I kind of find myself somewhere in the middle of that, um, uh, you know, spectrum of um, interest in med ed, uh, but there's just a whole bunch of different places you can go with it. Gotcha. So I'm sure you're a prolific reader. I know that you said you've got your hands on a lot of medical education literature. You're into the journals, obviously. What other kind of books uh, interest you that maybe some of our readers might find interesting on the subject? Yeah, I think most of what I read probably isn't very interesting to most people. Um, well, I know that you have a passion for cooking, according to your website. I mean, <laughs> one of your hobbies listed is is baking cookies. Is that right? I, I do like to bake cookies, indeed. I like and to eat cookies. That's a great combo. We could have an education alliance then. <laughs> Uh, no, I think one of the best books that I've read recently related to med-ed, actually it wasn't a med-ed book at all, but it was it was a book called Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, and she's a, uh, a PhD social worker who studies vulnerability and shame uh, as her research, and she kind of wrote a popular book. She gave like a really super popular TED Talk a couple of years ago and then has followed it with a few books and now is like, you know, Oprah style. Um, but the book was just really, really enlightening, both for teaching and for life, about how we embrace vulnerability and how we deal with uh, shame. And I can't recommend it enough. I've gifted it to a whole bunch of people and um, just saw Rob Cooney talking about it on Twitter recently as well. And there's other people reading it. I think it's a worthwhile read. What about you, dude? That's rich. Um, you know, I'm halfway through Angela Duckworth's book on grit, uh, The Power of Perseverance. And this is interesting for me, I think, in the role that I play as a clerkship director in really identifying and encouraging and developing grit in my learners and also I've got four kids and so I'm looking at my kids and I'm like gosh 
I want you to develop grit, and I want to redeem the times when you can demonstrate grit. So I'm halfway through the book on defining the problem, identifying where we're at, but now comes how to uh, maybe encourage those people develop grit. So I'm interested in the second half of this book. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, it's like very similar. A lot of the stuff that makes us better parents and better people also makes us better educators. Yeah, and that's where we are. So speaking of that, what advice do you have? Let's say there's a student or a resident maybe listening to this who's considering a fellowship in med ed. What should they be doing now? What do, what do you think? Yeah, so start dabbling, right? So get on any committee that you can, um, either at the med school or at the residency level that exposes you to kind of the education side of it. You don't have to be a researcher or an expert, whatever. You can do research if you're interested in it. But just kind of put your foot out there, put your name out there, um, and start to see what goes on behind the scenes in education. Because I think it's way bigger than I ever thought when I was a student or a resident. Um, and I think that exposure will really help you to say, okay, this is something that I get riled up about and I really care about, or, oh my gosh, another meeting about milestones and evaluations is going to drive me crazy. And I think that's really helpful for you to know. Um, and then as you do that, just listen to yourself and learn and grow and, and follow the directions that that leads. Um, and, you know, if you consider the fellowship at kind of at the end of that med student resident time, then great, go do it. It'll uh, give you wonderful training to launch a career and figure out kind of where you want to go. Um, and if not, you can still be an educator. And there are so many great educators that don't do education fellowships or that aren't kind of med ed specific people. Um, like, man, the talks guys are just such great educators, whoever they are. But, uh, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of ways to be a great educator. You don't necessarily have to do an education fellowship. So keep that in mind, too. Oh, excellent points. Good advice. So um, let's see here. I mean, your trajectory is, is really steep right now. I mean, you're a rising star in the specialty. You are going to a great residency to be a leader there. You're producing literature, uh, getting out, giving talks. But where do you really see yourself? Where is your career, your dream job and role? And maybe a deeper question, Jeff, what problems do you want to solve in this world? That's deep, man. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I've, I'm very fortunate that, uh, you know, to be going back to USC and they kind of recognize the value of the scholarship I do around innovation and, and education research. And so um, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I, what I'm doing now is really uh, a dream job. Um, I, I just love working clinical shifts with residents and then being able to spend my academic time thinking and nerding out and, and, uh, doing studies that try to move the field forward. Um, so I hope to continue that at, at, uh, at USC as well, and, I, and that's kind of why they're bringing me in anyway. So I, I think in terms of what are the problems you want to solve in this world, I, I think what really motivates me in, in, in terms of medical education and um, really drove me nuts was when educational sessions sucked. And, and I loved my med school, but there were a lot of lectures that I was just asleep in the back, and there was a lot of wasted time and there was a lot of uh, use of technology that was maybe suboptimal and I feel like medical education and med school and residency are so hard and so long um, that to do it poorly is really a shame and I think we can do it better uh, I think we can harness the latest and greatest technology to help us do that better but um, that's kind of what what gets me going is is how can we optimize the education that we're getting um make it better, have less burnout, and ultimately lead to better doctors that provide better care? It's kind of a big question, but you know, I think there's a lot of us chipping away at it from different angles, and hopefully we're making a difference. Well, Jeff, I can definitely say emergency medicine and education are better because of your work. So keep up the good job, buddy. Thank you. 
All right, Jeff, well, thanks for coming on to the EM Stud podcast today. If you'd like to reach out to Jeff, you can follow him on Twitter at Jeff underscore Bedell. That's Jeff two underscores, two Ds, and two Ls. If you'd like to learn more about our organization, please go visit our website at www.cdemcurriculum.com. That's Clerkship Directors and Emergency Medicine Curriculum.com. On behalf of my colleague, ER Dr. Nate, this is your EMED coach, Dr. Scott Weeder, signing off for another edition of the EM Stud Podcast. Rotate well, my friends. <laughs>